welcome to Science of the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best-loved and most-hated movies. I'm Frida. I'm Abby, and this week's movie is Pacific Rim. Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. I don't know why I said it like that. Well, it's just our job to find that, you know, exciting ways to. Yeah. Well, I feel like every episode we kind of try to be like less awkward about. And this episode is this. I know. Isn't it? Why? (laughs) Why three years in do we still feel (laughs) awkward about introducing ourselves? We're just like, (laughs) we've done like 200 episodes and we're still just like. Do you know what I wonder sometimes, right? I'm like, yeah, exactly. It's it's been it's been over three years, and I'm like, maybe we're supposed to have evolved. Like maybe our our maybe we're supposed to have gotten better. Like is our format supposed to have gotten better? Is our production quality supposed to have gotten better? I don't know what. Like I'm like, what what are we supposed? We're just doing the exact same thing we did, with the ex- <laughs> way back at the start. I'm okay with it, but sometimes I do wonder. Like, I'm okay with it too, but I, I get concerned that I still don't know what to say after whoever the person says the movie. We just go, yay! <laughs> I know! That's what troubles time. me. We, we, I should be like, it's Pacific Rim. And this week... No, but this is... This... <laughs> But this oh, is where you have like production week. things. This is where people would come in and then you'd have like a little bit of a, a moment or a bit of music or a bit of something. Mm. <laughs> it's just like, and it's not that we don't have the, the, it's not that we can't do that. It's that I just don't think either of us have the capacity to mentally handle doing that. <laughs> That's true. Maybe we should put that before the intro. We should go, well, the signs of the movies and this week, Pacific Rim. And then it'll be Jesus Christ. You just integrated Einstein. And I think okay, that fine. might solve that entire. <gasps> Did I just solve world peace? <laughs> okay, so I we'll do it. that. We'll stop doing our, our silly little fun bits then. Which I forget <laughs> about sometimes just... and I can't find one <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, well, not... that because, yeah, it takes away the job. Yeah. Yeah, that that stressful moment where you where you get to the end of the episode and I realize, oh shit, I never wrote down a moment for the start. <laughs> it's like now I have to go back through editing, through all the like the editing and try to find something. <laughs> it's like can't think of anything. All right, okay, that's what we're gonna do. There we go, we've solved it. Three years in, finally, <laughs> an upgrade in our production quality. <laughs> all we needed was a round table. <laughs> yes. God, I mean, it brings me joy. Does it bring you joy? What? I don't know. The oh, I actually don't know where that was going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the podcast brings me joy. Being awkward brings me more joy. Like, yeah. Laughing at it, laughing at myself slash ourselves is my funnest yeah. pastime. I think the awkwardness is underrated, right? So, like, like the, there's this assumption of a lack of awkwardness in, in general. Now, I sorry, so I'll just... Because this brings into a bit of what I could say in science. I don't really have much to say in science chat. I'm kind of ready to get pretty much into the movie. Um, But, like, I did go to an event last week. And um, I, it felt really awkward. 
You know, it's like I rock up and it's just a room full of people that I don't know. And I was invited because of my TikTok uh, videos and stuff. Um, so like people expect you to be really outgoing. People expect it to be really easy for you because it's like, oh, you're a content creator. And I'm like, no, I'm an awkward, nerdy scientist. This is uncomfortable for me. I don't know these people. And having to go and make conversation with strangers is difficult. I am awkward. Do you not know this? Yeah, there we go. That's all I, I had a say. similar experience. I went to a 40th birthday of someone who's a barrister and a comedian and has done a lot of debating. So everyone in the room was a barrister or a comedian or a debater. Can you even imagine how wordy that room was? By the end of the thing, I was so tired. I wanted, I needed to throw up. Someone was talking to me and I literally was like, I'm going to throw up. And I said, I'm going to get water. Would you like water? She's like, water. Love it. Love water. And so we went to get water. But like... I almost throw up in the Uber as I was going back. I was trying not to vomit. It was like that was how exhausting oh it was God. to keep up with these people. Yeah. Can you even, yeah, you get it. Like you, can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too much sometimes. I'm like, no, I quiet, home, quiet. TV, knitting. Like, I can, I can do it, but it's like I, it's exhausting. No, yeah, yeah. pottering around is my favorite thing. But, um. <laughs> What's your, what's your news? Science news? Yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm like fundamentally burnt out. So I'm just Mm. biding my time until holidays. I have, um, you know, a couple of paper submissions that are like, I had submitted one paper and then the journal said, we recommend our other journal for this, which is like, you're trying to take the disappointment starts coming. Like you put a journal in and then wait a few weeks and the disappointment and the rejection just starts to come and so I've had to resubmit it and then I thought that was done but they, were, they just said oh we need you to do something else I'm like okay I have to do some formatting thing so that's yeah something and then another paper that I um am trying to submit before the end of the year um during the internal review process so I hadn't submitted it someone was like this data and the pictures it doesn't the story doesn't match you can you find pictures or cases that match the numbers because he was just like insisting that it wasn't right and it co- and it forced me to look closely then I realized something was wrong with the numbers and then I started looking about what I had calculated wrong and it was a typo in the code oh no the, the typo this is astonishing Gabby Gabby app ah, sorry Gabby, my friend hi. is called Gabby and I've been Gabby yeah it's not the Abby, first time you've done Abby. this whatever Whatever. This is Vida. This is my friend called Vida. <laughs> okay, I just want to tell you this is an astonishing typo. Go on. So the issue was that I was trans. So this is medical images are calculated with voxels. Mm. The voxels have a physical size, but I have to calculate it from the pop- properties of the image. So basically. You have to calculate literally X times Y times Z gives you the volume of each voxel. Yeah. And I had gotten X, I had gotten Y, and I had gotten Z. But when I went to calculate the volume of the voxel, I wrote X times Y times X. Oh, Frida. (laughs) X and Z, X and Z are next to each other on the keyboard. And so instead of... (laughs) So I was calculating the volume of the brain or the volume of the lesion or whatever it is I was thinking, but the volumes were all X times Y times X, which basically meant 
nonsense because they oh, all had different Z. God. You know, some of them were five point five mils, three mils. I don't know, but yeah. like, so the volumes were basically nonsense. Yeah, and it almost went to submission. But because I just spent the time, I just because I was doing yeah. my job, I guess, which is pouring over it, I found it. So I fixed it now, and yeah. it's different results, <laughs> but at least it's consistent. Yeah. But um, it is meant I had to do a big review of the paper, and so I was pushed back by like a while because now right. I need another proofread. But luckily. One of my friends was like, just chuck it to me. I'll proofread it. It was really nice of her. So, yeah, but I was going to work on the weekend. I want to submit it, but I just needed, needed not to work this weekend. So that is just a very typical story that happens, which is a typo in the code. That's the thing. I think it's just, it's so common. It's so normal for these little things. I had something recently where, um, I had done, I did, I did a really similar thing. It sounds so stupid, right? But like everything that I'm doing is um, calculating. So everything that we do is at what we refer to as low density plasma, but like low density is still like 10 to the 23 particles per cubic meter. Um, so you, so you put it in, right? So I put in my density value. So in my code, I've got my density value in and, and it's like, right, well, I, I need, well, well, it's like 10 to the 17 cubic centimeter. Um, so I'm like, right. So yeah, 10 to the, 10 to the 17, that's fine. Um, like looks a bit funny. Everyone's like, why, why does it look a bit funny? My friend's like, why does it look a bit funny? And then I looked at my code and I showed my friend and she was like, why did you put 10 E17? It's one E17. It's just like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Just to wake up in the middle of night and be like, oh my God. (laughs) I was sitting in the office and I was just like oh my god I'm such an idiot and literally two other people in the office went oh yeah I've done that and I was like thank you thank you (laughs) yeah no that that's a that's a speaking of that one thing before going to the movies which is that this was in this was a random morning with my son I happened to have a blackboard like built into the kitchen it wasn't me I didn't Mm. do it some the person did it before me and this is why you got that place Yes. She said, what, he said, what's the, the biggest number? He said, Google is a bajillion, you know, are these numbers? And I was like, you know what? Not really. He's like, what's the biggest number? And I was like, you know what? I think that like, we just have to have let scientific notation just step in because you could, there's no limit. You can just, that's how you write any number. And he's like, well, what's that? And I was like, honey, you should ask. And I like got my, I got the talk out and I showed him scientific notation that you can represent any number no matter how big or how small, I mean, obviously like not, but you know, you could factorize it. And then I just showed him that you could say to the power of 23 or, and I explained like a mole or numbers that are so big. So Google these numbers, they're not really real. And I showed him scientific notation and he was like, so interested in it. (laughs) And I gave him examples and I showed him, he didn't know what a power was. And I showed him, you know, to the power of this, to the power of that. And he was so interested and he was like, wow, you're a really good teacher. I was like, thank you. And he's like, I, I, that was like, you just taught me that in a few minutes. I was like, yeah. And he's like, thanks. And then I took him to school. <laughs> I was sick of hearing about a Google. If I hear about a Google or a bajillion, one more time in this house, <laughs> in this house, we use correct scientific notation yes. to, to express large numbers. Uh, it was, it was awesome. That's it. That's my science news. <laughs> amazing <laughs> i love it 
silly little mistakes, but it gets us through the day. I, that made totally. no sense. I am very fucking tired. <laughs> that, was, that was you trying to come up with a... I know. How do you say? A linking. So a sense. linking thing. All right. So uh, here's my linking bit into a summary then. All right. So we are, like I said, we're talking about Pacific Rim. Yes. movie and again i keep saying it weird like that and i don't know why why do i keep going it's actually pronounced rim? specific rim specific rim <laughs> <laughs> all right okay here's my summary here's my summary earth is at war with colossal sea monsters known as kaiju which have yeah. burst forth from an interdimensional portal on the floor of the pacific ocean Now, in response to this unprecedented threat, humanity puts aside their petty differences and unites to create Jaegers, giant robots that are controlled simultaneously by two pilots whose minds are linked in the drift. Rally Beckett is working the wall after losing his brother and co-pilot in a tragic battle. But he's the best chance we've got, goddammit! So he's called back into action by Marshal Stacker Pentecost. These names are exceptional. Uh, who is the commander of the Jaeger program. <laughs> Rally is paired with Mako Mori, a talented but untested pilot. She's little. She's helpless. Uh, her surrogate daddy just wants to protect her. Screw humanity. Who cares if they're a perfect neural match? There's hardly any Jaeger pilots out there. Uh, the category threes and fours are breaking through the portal. Uh, but she's special. So she must die a gruesome death just like everybody else when the world burns. Screw the fact that she could save everyone. Um, but luckily for sanity, fake daddy dearest gets over it and Mako and Rally pilot the legendary Jaeger Gypsy Danger. As the kaiju attacks becomes more frequent and intense, it's revealed they're not mindless beasts. They're sent. They are being sent. They are being sent through by alien beings with a goal, a goal of terraforming and colonizing Earth. So there's only one thing for it, Frida. Say it with me. Nukem. Deus ex nukem. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Nukem. Nukem through the hole. <laughs> it's, it's the best way to nuke anyone. Through the hole. Yeah. Wow. T- yeah. I, I love your emotion. Um, spike in emotion. Uh, <laughs> in the middle of that summary, at some point, you sort of had a massive spike in emotion. I know. I feel like it's the vibe of the movie, you know? Yeah. It's a weird mix. I don't know how you feel about it. But I, I really like this movie. Like, I really do like this movie because it's a weird mix to me of like really amazing scale action story with a really tortured script that's just so fucking basic that it's just like, <laughs> I'm okay with it. You know, that is exactly what I would say. Like, that it's... So tropey, so tropey, but with all this appealing, it's so got so much appeal, right? And yet they just trope this entire movie out. It's amazing. Yeah, the level of tropiness. It's it's all my notes are tropes. By the way, it's every, like every moment, 
Every moment. And the wall. Gentlemen, welcome to the Blair. (laughs) Like everything about it is trope, trope, trope. Not, I mean, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, okay. I don't know. I didn't bother me so much. Like there was only a couple things that really bothered me. But they just, yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about the fact that it was tropes. I'm actually a little bit on the fence about how I feel. I think it's a it weird It was very one. long, but but it was yeah. very appealing. <coughs> I mean, very like, long, wasn't it? Like an hour 45. It, how can you not agree? Oh, I just lost you. You said it was Is very it? long. I'm like, oh, yeah, it was an it hour. Long? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, that's not long. Really? That's how long it was? Never mind. No, yeah, Do it's we very have a appealing. Delay? It's very appealing. We had a huge delay. Like, it was interesting. Okay, but, it, okay, but it's come back around now, I think. Now it's <coughs> Cool. Cool. Yeah, so let's get into it. Yeah. So, I, well, actually, sorry, what you're saying about the trope thing, I think it's interesting because I think it's like, when a movie does a couple of those tropes, we eye roll at it so hard. When a movie is just like, okay, 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 we are going all in. We are giving you, we are throwing every single scene, every shot, every character, every bit of the story is a fucking trope. Well, then you just have to lean into it and just go with it. And it's like, fine. I think so. I think so. Also, when the actors are so great, you have to respect the movie in a weird way. Like, that's, I guess, but that's also how I felt about it because I like them and they were fine with it. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I don't well know then, if that's sort of yeah. yeah. Let's get into the cast then, because like, yeah, there, there's quite a lot of people in this movie. <sighs> I didn't bother writing any of them down. I assume you did. So <laughs> I've only got well, what I, <laughs> the only thing I've I got written have down is um, <coughs> oh yeah, perfect. Because the only thing I've got written so. down is that uh, Charlie Day and Burn Gorman as Newton and Gottlieb, and that's just because I was obsessed with the fact that they named them Newton and Gottlieb. <laughs> I was so full of crushes in this film. I didn't know where to turn. I, I, it was like every kind of crush that I've ever had in one movie. Every, oh was, my God, amazing. For, there was something for every part of me. Because I was like, Idris Elba, Charlie Herman, oh, Charlie Day. Like, just I'm like, oh my God. And also the the, the woman, what's her name? Uh, Miko. R- or Mac- I don't know what the, I can't remember Kikuchi. her. Like all yeah. of them, I was like, I, it was so watchable. Also, how can you not like a movie that is full of that many appealing human beings? Likeable yeah. humans. So Charlie Day is Newton Geitzler. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. And the guy that we've seen before, he is called Bern Gorman. Bern Gorman, As yeah. Dr. Herman Gottlieb. Yeah, he's in loads of stuff. We've seen Bern Gorman before. Yeah. Yeah, they were awesome. I lo- it, it was really funny. Their whole interaction, their whole like um, duo thing, but not a duo. But then like it was it, it was also as it, it just the whole, it was so tropey at the end. It's like, I'll do it with you. <laughs> it's like, what? That they were, Who they are you guys? Lar- they were a little bit larrikins. They were, it was like the harmless fighting and the harmlessness of them. Yeah. The non-threatening kind of, um, uh, like, you know, larrikin? I don't know if you guys have no. that. 
And Larrikin is an Australian like lad who gets up to trouble, but he's basically harmless. Oh, okay. Um, so not, you know, troublemaker, but lovable and totally never yeah. really does want to do any harm to anybody. And it's just a very wholesome vibe that hits the kind of, you know, uh, troublemaking vibes. Yeah. But, you know, you can get on okay. board. So I felt like they had a larrikin thing that was going on, which was kind of appealing. And they also the squabbling, which they weren't ever really fighting. You could see yeah. they liked each other. So that that was a lot of fun. And there was the third, the third, um, the other science guy. What's his name? Um, I'll tell you. It was Bern Gorman. Oh yeah, Clifton Craig Collins Jr. as Tendo Choi. He was at the desk. He was at the the console. He was like the the guy with the with the bow tie, the kind of military guy running the operations. Um, Do you know that I guy? Think- I think I know who you're talking about. I'm just trying to find him in the cast. Why can't I see him? He's lower. But What's you say his name was again? Clifton Craig Collins Jr. Clifton Collins Jr. There's a name. There's a name. Oh, I see him. Oh, thanks, babe. Coffee. Uh, yeah, okay, I see him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was Love the it. he was the kind of the operations guy. Yeah, also yeah, quite the, um, crushable. Yeah, I it's it's so enjoyable. Like, I mean, the I I also just like the dynamic that they created with them as I like again the whole tropey thing, but the way like Charlie Day is just so American, and then Burn Gorman is the the really stuffy British scientist. Yeah, and yeah. um, it, I, it's just really entertaining. <laughs> I I actually saw them as coded, both of them pretty Jewish coded as well. Definitely Charlie Day's character because he was like, if my mother's not like he made a kind of thing. And um, to me, I saw him a bit coded as Jewish, which I kind of enjoyed. Yeah. They code somebody with, without actually making it explicit, but they just, you know that whole idea in movies of coding. Yeah. I just know. I just have, um, well, I know because I only have one, thing because i just think it's so funny because i think it's like perception as to and i'm just checking something um about him i i assumed he's irish heritage so charlie day yeah Yeah. not from the actor's heritage more like the character the yeah but i just mean like that that like if my mother that's a very irish thing as well like uh, irish mammies and their boys like irish mammies and their boys are enormous thing oh, so, that's so oh, that, that's, yeah that's I, I, I i have no idea but um <clears throat> i love that um yeah no i love them as well and then of course idris oh idris come on idris. idris he's just this is the thing is like how do you get these people to do this movie i mean probably because it was Guillermo del Toro, but yes, um correct <laughs> Yeah, I do like the I do like like the mix in the cast and stuff as well. Like how how you kind of had you you had the Americans, you had the British, you had the Japanese, you had the Australians, you had um, I'm not sure what the other. I think there was some Germans in there, wasn't there? The uh, yeah, Austrian duo, or some, some such. Yeah, yeah. So like there was I, a I nice mix. Too. But there's ver- well, that was the I, whole I, international. Yeah, yeah. But the whole like the pairing thing all the way throughout. So so you have the you have the Gottlieb and Newton pairing, the yeah. the Charlie so Charlie Hunman 
oh, isn't he so pretty? Mm. And his brother, I really like his brother. His brother's in the blacklist. Uh, Diego Clan Clattenhoff played his brother. Oh, I thought for a second they were going to be really brothers. Yeah, yeah. The the whole. So you're saying there's a mm. pairing theme. Not even the people in the in the robots. Even the yeah. scientists had a pairing. The there was a mother, the daddy daughter kind of pairing as well. Yeah, exactly. Of. And then yeah. like obviously, so like everyone was kind of these duos, but just like how do people mix and how do it was interesting to kind of think about it in that way. But um, I really enjoyed the so coming to, I mean. Idris Elba. I don't really know what else to say about him. He's he's, he's Idris Elba. He's um, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. Idris Elba. Yeah. yeah. I, I also don't Fail. know how to finish the sentence. <laughs> it, yeah. I just go Idris Elba. Um, yeah. Idris Elba. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next. <laughs> I really liked the whole pairing of um, Rally and Mako. Rinko uh, Kachuchi, um, what her name was. I actually, I liked, do you know what? I would have liked to see more of their character story as like uh, more of her story as she pushed through the whole, you know, you're underestimating me and here's what I can do. I would like to, I would like to have seen a lot more of the displays of everything she could do before they kind of really were like, we're really well connected now. Let's go and smash it. Yeah, they. Well, I I agree, and I think the movie. One. Yeah, it was so many many things packed into the movie, and then at like at a, at a, at a like relatively later stage, they just start this incredibly complicated thing with her and him, and I think that yeah. that could have been like its own movie. <laughs> yeah, but I agree. It was a bit rushed, but I loved when they fought. When they finally fought and you mm. saw that her step outside behind whatever she was hiding behind. Yeah. Her look on her face, her fierceness, that fight yeah. scene was really cool. I do I'm like a big we... fan of single stick fighting. I love single yeah. stick fighting. I love that. I thought it was really cool. I think maybe I just thought that like we only had that. And then it was like, we're a perfect neural match. And it's like, yeah. come on, surely there's other things you have to do. Other like, where's things. our montage? That's what we're missing, Frida. We're missing the montage. Why didn't we get the montage of all the tests and everyone else failing the tests? And then the montage of him and Miko. And they're just like, or Miko, sorry. And they're, and it's like, yeah. Ah, yeah. look at and us. You finish each other's sentence. And then yeah. you have moments where they're like, ah, we finished the sentence. And like, oh, I'll get that. <laughs> You know, and all these moments and then you realize, yeah, because they had this fight, which was a great mm. fight, but I wasn't thinking about it from that point of view. I was thinking about her because that scene for me was the scene where she was fierce mm. and he, and her daddy, daddy gave her permission yeah. to be fierce. So that's what I was focused on. I wasn't thinking about them. And then yeah. at the end, she's like, you felt that, right? I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Cool. I just, I wasn't after that. I was in that mode yeah, in the we, movie we where needed I'm just more. believing I'm believing whatever they're telling me. I'm no longer really using my own senses. Here's my petition. Petition to Guillermo. Like, is there a cutting? Is there there an edit? Is there something on the cutting room floor that was a montage? Where's the fucking montage, man? I know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. They they smashed too much in. They smashed a bit of, like, sexual or romantic thing. They've got to pick a lane. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Maybe if they they used all the time that they were spent with her crushing on him towards a connection that was more 
neural and not yes. romantic. They could have yes. used that time. Then maybe it would have been owned. But but she was crushing on him. So in my mind, I was like, girl, you're just trying to, girl, you're just trying to, like, yeah. what are you talking about? You just, you'd be like, we have a connection, don't we, Charlie Hellman? And he's like, please. So yeah, I think that too. I think that that was necessary. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I think that that's what yeah. that's the only thing that frustrated me a little bit was just like, why does it always have to be romance? Why can why when it's a guy and why can't they just have like why can't it just be a compatibility thing because they're both fierce and they're both fighters and yes. they're both you know they both have this capacity for it. Why does it have to be oh? You know, they're emotionally connected because they love at first sight. It's just like, okay, that was an unnecessary thing in the story. I'm really fucking sick of Hollywood stories doing this. Can we just stop? Even in these tropey movies, I don't need the fucking romance. Just get rid of it. Men and women can exist and be a partnership without it being romantic. Let's see some stories about that. Um, All right. Is there anything else you want to discuss about the cast before we move on? No. Okay, cool. I just wrote down a couple of scenes and moments. To be fair, this list is very sparse for me because I didn't understand my notes and I didn't go back and rewatch the movie, but I'm sure there's an awful lot more stuff I could talk about. Um, so do you have any scenes or moments that, that you just wanted to kind of highlight? Uh, I think that the character introductions were amazing, like all of them. Mm-hmm. So it's probably segues really nicely. Her character introduction with the umbrella yes was great nice or actually all of them Hannibal Chow's character introduction I just really appreciated the way everyone had their really great introduction moment I thought that was a solid I do think they did an excellent there there are parts of it in the movie that they did really excellently to to visualize it as if it was a graphic novel like you can see those panels in a graphic novel you know and I think that um now I mean I assume it's actually the references like anime manga but I don't know anything about anime manga so I don't know even using those words correctly I believe maybe manga is the comic books and anime is the is the series tv (laughs) I don't know I'm so sorry no idea (laughs) but I remember that when we when um Ang Lee did um the Eric Banner Hulk that was mm. the whole thing that he tried to do, like comic book panels, but I think it went, it just didn't yeah. quite. But I, yeah, the strong visual yeah. introductions, that seems to make a lot of sense. I like strong visual uh, visual things, but that was, yeah, the, uh, the, both, yeah, that was a big, strong part. That's, yeah. What about you? Exactly. So there was, um, the, like, definitely a, a lot to do with the Jaegers in general, just the visualization of them. But that first scene, with Char-, Char, with Rally and his brother, when they go into the head and then the head drops onto it, and you get like this full, really large scale of actually just how big it is. That sequence, I just, oh, sexy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is what I need in a movie. This is, <laughs> this is, I me. loved the initial fighting. Mm I lo- I actually really enjoyed. I'm sure we'll get into it. The, the really rapid introduction, and then saying, "Oh, we have <laughs> the fact that we yeah." The only way to fight these aliens is these huge robots. Yep, no problem with you. Their robots are yep. so big that one person can control it with you. Yeah, we need two. It works best when they're identical twins or similar. I'm like, 
got ya. Yeah. <laughs> Enter these twins. I'm like, uh-huh. With you still. Whoa. You're there funny. Woohoo. <laughs> it's a, do you know what it is? It's like a master class in what you kind of need from this movie. It's, you know, it, it's. It just we talk about movies like this all the time and all I all I keep thinking is like Battleship with Rihanna. And like we were with them. Battleship with Rihanna, we were with them for, for the most part. But not as much as I was with them for Pacific Rim. Like Pacific Rim feels like they went, I will take your battleship with Rihanna and I will raise you giant fucking robots and you will just go giant yeah, robots. Yeah, makes perfect with, yep, sense. And identical hot twins. Obviously, yep. that's the and only way to then do this. Like, these other duos, Japanese people, I'm like, with ya, Ukrainian, <laughs> yup, yeah, father, son, Australians, <laughs> throw in a dog, with, yup, okay, <laughs> what's next? <laughs> forgot about the dog. <laughs> yeah, I have something to say about that. No, I, I love, right. yeah, no, it was brilliant. Okay, go on, uh, do, you have a, do you have some other things? I love that. On the robots, what are they called again? Jaegers. Jaegers. 50 diesel engines per muscle strand. (laughs) They did the good thing. I was like, in order to get us on board, they're dropping things like that. It took 50 diesel. I think that actually really, really helps. When, when when they bother with this kind of background and yeah, technical the, stuff, it, it gives it, you it's just it's just they bullshit. They're just giving you all this like bullshit, but it's like so convincing. Yeah, dual nuclear and... power. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like fine, I'm fine. Fine. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty big, so okay. Four, but only four helicopters will be able to. Is it is sufficient <laughs> to carry it? And okay, <laughs> and and you drop them in we the ocean. We don't need to worry. All you're making me think about is all the math that I could have done that I didn't do for this movie. And I will. I'm now. I'm just like okay. I'm gonna have to make a load of little videos of the math of what it would take to actually use helicopters to lift a Jaeger <laughs> and to stand at the bottom of the ocean. That, I mean, I was yeah. like, Shh, Frida, Frida's mind. Shh, Frida's exactly. mind. Exactly. They're fighting in the ocean. They're standing up with their feet on the floor. Shh. It doesn't Don't matter. think about how big yeah, the well, Jaeger is and where they yeah. are. And don't think about it. Don't do the maths. It's yeah. fine because that is the only way to fight don't aliens. Don't think about the containment fields for the nuclear reactors and whether, you know, it's sufficient enough to be underwater so that no water, like how waterproof are the Jaegers? We don't need to worry about that. No. See, you're too <laughs> smart for your own good. <laughs> It's getting in the way of enjoying this great exactly. piece of art <laughs> with this, shirtless oh Charlie Hummon. Oh, this is what I mean, though. This is what I mean about movies. When we talk about these things, the distinction between a movie where it's not about whether the science is accurate or inaccurate. It's about how they present it to us. And that's the thing. It's like you present science to us in such a way that we don't think about it or we're able to do that, to shut that part of our brain off and go, no, 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 no. If I start thinking about that too much, it's going to spoil this movie for me. So I'm just going to, but I'm enjoying this movie and I want to continue to enjoy it. I want to. So you switch it off. Whereas other movies, they'll do something in such a way that you just go, hang on a minute. No, 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 no. And it pulls you out and you stop the enjoyment. And it's a fucking... 
it's it, honestly there is there is like a, such a I can't think of what the word is but there there's a way to do that well and this movie did that really really well and other movies do yeah, not. yeah 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 <laughs> it was like don't look over here look over here yes. look how much effort we yes. put in look here Charlie <laughs> Hammond shirtless yeah check out his shirt check out his shirt do this weird swagger where your hand is like on your belt but not right? like why are you walking right? that way but okay oh, like he'd just be like uh, such uh, uh, and, I, and i'd be everything. like what robot what nuclear power <laughs> wow oh interest elba what Ooh, portal okay <laughs> <laughs> what portal oh yeah love it there's only one man for the job i start to roll gates open interest elba okay okay, okay. yeah i agree sure. i'm yep yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. He's definitely any job. He's the only one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay, we're never going to get to the movie it's about if we don't stop. No, it's about just likability. That's what it's yeah. about. It's about likability. I mean, you have to it's like so things and people. Yeah, let's move forward. Okay, I've, I've got, I've just. All right, so let, let me just give you three things that I loved really quickly. First off, just the whole visualization of the Shadow Dome in general. Just when when he walks in and they show the remaining Jaegers, that entire sequence, fucking stunning. Um, yeah. Using a ship, picking up a ship from the water to use it as a weapon, genius, wonderful, great moment, really enjoyed it. Um, and Ron Perlman's character. Uh, his death. I know that we got like a little bit of a comeback to life thing, but a Lisa bit of Sharknado, but it was very satisfying when it happened. <laughs> um, did yeah? No, I actually love that whole sequence with the baby. It was brilliant. I think that I realized that there was going to be a baby. Like one second. I love when a movie is doing is clever enough that you. I realized like one second before they, they said she's pregnant. I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to be pregnant. <laughs> it's going to be a lady. It's a lady kaiju. And I was so, it was so, it was so good. And then the baby comes out and you're like, oh no, they've only just, oh my God. Oh, it's dying. I was like, oh, it was, yeah. it was so good. That was really, really good. Cause you just wanted them to have a bit of rest from all the fighting. And then you have this burst of the baby and then, and the, but then it dies. Yeah. It was I so do good. really, but I also really love the idea that it's like, oh, okay, what kind of a kaiju can you pit against Charlie Day? A baby. Yeah, yeah, baby. Charlie baby Day versus runs. baby. Baby kaiju for Charlie Day. It's exactly the thing because he can connect <laughs> to the baby brain. No, it was actually kind of perfect yeah. and kind of smart. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, cool. What else? Is that your end of it? No, you had one more. Sorry, I just spilled coffee all down me. Oh, I'm a grown up. No. I'm an adult. I'm a grown adult. I swear. So they say. <laughs> I don't know who decided that, though. Oh, no. Oh, come on. Coffee. I also spilled coffee all over our white couch yesterday because I was holding up my hand and I sneezed. <laughs> it was so upsetting. All right. Okay. So we are moving into tropes. All right, let's do uh, tropes. I've got a list of tropes. I'm sure you've got a list of tropes, but yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. Should we just, okay, I, I what we will do is you are going to um, lightning round through your tropes and I will ding, ding, yeah. ding when they match. And then yeah. if there's anything left over, I will say it. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm going to go. 
Go. Number one. Lightning round. Okay. Yeah. Let's check my audio. Sorry. Clear screens. Transparent screens. Amazing. Love it. Amazing. Fantastic. Next. Yeah. Fake accents. Australians. Oh. That was. Really? Were they fake? <laughs> they yeah. I looked them up. So one of them's British and one of them's American. <laughs> yeah. No, they were the worst accents. It was just I. Just the fake they Australian accents. So Australian to me. <laughs> Good, so they did a good job because there's not that many of us. So good, good for them. Um, they were terrible. It was so you bad. So you guys are so far away that the rest of us are just like, yeah, that 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 that's good. That's fine. Feels right. We don't know what they sound um, like. Okay, the next trope is military text on the screen. Eighteen hundred oh, hours. Yes, 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 beautiful. Okay. Um. Okay, another trope is the psycho scientist. I love kaiju. You know what I'm talking about? The psycho scientist. We saw that in um mm. again in in uh, Hulk, the proper Oh one, yeah, 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 yeah. The scientist yeah. that was like I'm all about the science. I'm all about the science. Ooh, mm. like oh I will say disclaimer, which is that I'm I'm doing a study now in stroke where I'm looking for worst case scenario cases. Yeah. So I'm looking for cases that had patients that had absolutely the worst outcome, and I'm trolling through case after case looking for those cases, and I'm like, "Oh, amazing! This is great!" And then it's because the person has had the most Just devastating, terrible outcome. Into it, exactly. So it's a trope, but is it? Yeah. Does it mean it's not true? Is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. Okay, the next trope I kind of mentioned before is when they're like, "Gentlemen, welcome to the Shadow Dome." Yes. Oh, like that is gloriously tropey and yeah. i can't believe they do it although it must feel really cool to do it right that's the thing yeah, yeah. it must i mean that moment Gentlemen? to know it's like oh yeah yeah do you know what i'm gonna do that if the next time i take anybody to a place that they haven't been yeah i'll be like gentlemen welcome to mom coffee or something um i'm sure it will have the same the effect. next trope okay <laughs> my next two tropes we've mentioned are deus ex nucana and shirtless mm-hmm. charlie hunman <laughs> fine so that's totally fine with it totally okay. fine with both of the them, next but trope definitely fine oh the hive mind the hive mind they're like they're a hive mind i'm like okay <laughs> 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 I mean, obviously, alien races are always going to be clones with hive minds. Come on, yeah, always alien monsters. I mean, not all alien races, that, and that's monsters. it. Okay, I have. Uh, I would like to add. I would like to take your tropes, and I would like to add to them. Um, the world's coming together to face their enemies. I had that, but I didn't have it as a trope. I just had it more as a disparaging remark about the, uh, the, the world. <laughs> as uh, the wo- I don't care what we face in the future. The world is never going to come together to face our enemies. Fuck off. Um, uh, my next one. I love it. it. It's a beautiful scene. It's a glorious scene. I'm all for it. But seriously, Mako, for my family. Just Yeah. For my family. Because so, okay, that's cool, the cool, only cool, cool, reason cool, a woman cool, would cool. be there. You know what I'm saying? Like, just <laughs> like a, for emotional family reasons, <laughs> for her father. Like, um, I've got a, I've got a variation on my uh, super speedy spacesuits one. 
something. It's the only thing I think in the movie that made me just go, are you fucking serious? And it was like, first off, first off, where did Charlie Day come up with his human to alien interface headset? Like, where did he manage to get that from under such such short notice? But that's that's not that's not the part. That's not the part. The part is at the end where it's like, oh, it's going to be too much. And um, Gottlieb is like, um, I'll do it with you. Where the fuck did he get the second helmet from? The second helmet. He, they, they, they literally said they have five minutes. They have five, Frida, they had five minutes to go. And he managed to create a second human to alien neural interface headset for Gottlieb. So good. <laughs> five it's minutes. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was so it. good. The only other one I had was like, is it's a similar to your um Welcome to the Shadow Dome thing. It was the uh, it was the that thing. And it, th- these movies always have this moment. Always have this moment. Who's gonna suit up? Huge doors open. Everyone turns to the huge doors because everyone knows that that's the answer to the question. Who's gonna suit up? Because the timing is so perfect. It just elbow walks through, and everyone's like. <gasps> He's gonna suit up. It's just great. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of trope level of this movie. The kind of <laughs> stuff which defies any logic that still seems to go on in movies, even though mm. why would you be there? Why would the door open? It doesn't make any sense. It's like it's like um, in courtroom dramas when it's like, um, and it's like the doors just open and someone walks through at exactly the right time in whoever is the lawyer's speech. This man! I'm like, how are they coordinating this? Like, someone's outside listening in and waiting for him to be like, this man! And then he's like, that's my cue. Open. Like, how does this actually work? We're so much smarter. There's a bunch of assistant directors around the place. They've got, like, little walkie-talkies and headsets. No, no, no. Cute. I go, know go, how they go. do it in the no. <laughs> no, I meant saying, in the movie. I, know... I meant in the movie as well. Like that's the thing. They've just got like oh, oh, assistants, stage managers in running the... around the place, assistants going. In the... go, because, go go yeah. go! Doors open! Go, doors go, go. open! Be dramatic! Be dramatic! Yeah, we as viewers, <laughs> they these said days, it. They said it. We're just so much stand... smarter. Sorry, just Elba standing behind the door for like three hours waiting for someone to say who's going to suit up. Who's going to suit up? Go 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 go! Oh, 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 sorry. Yeah, exactly. I was just trying to say, like, we have gotten smarter as viewers, so Mm. much smarter, that we don't accept that kind of shit anymore. That used to be normal. And now I feel like with the Marvel stuff, just does away with that shit and also points the finger at a lot of those tropes Mm. because audiences are so sharp. That's why it's amazing when a movie just is like, fuck it. <laughs> that, you know, that's, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, other movies will, they'll, they'll like, like we said it at the start, they'll do, they'll do a bit of it, the trope, or they'll do a little, you know, or they'll have this moment, or maybe, maybe they do that with the doors open thing, but it's just not as extravagant. This movie, it was extravagant. It wasn't just the fact that it was like, who's going to suit up? And then it's like, Idris Elba. It was like, who's going to suit up? huge enormous shadow dome doors a crowd of people the slow release open the long walk up of him looking cool like it was just like okay if we're gonna do this let's lean all the way into this 
So, and I appreciate that versus yes. if this was in the Marvel universe, someone would then say, what, were you waiting outside the door the whole time to come in? You Which know that I that's true, Abby. Love. Yes, Marvel, I know it's true. And I love be, that they do that. I do love that they do that, but but they're still doing the trope. They're pointing the finger. It's called lap shading. It doesn't make you any less guilty of using a trope just because you pointed no, it out. Yeah, so I know. In some but, part it cha- of me, but it changes but so, it. If they don't point yeah. it out, then they just use the trope. And if they're not, if they don't have the scope to go, if the, if it's not the type of a movie like this one is, where it's like, right, everything is just going to be tropes and we're going to go all the way in on everything. If they're trying yeah. to not go all the way in on the tropes, then how else do you identify these moments where you're like, right, we need to use this moment. It's a trope. It's a thing, but it's expected of us to do something like this. How can we do That's it in right. a slightly different way? So... By calling it out. Yeah, yeah we're not going to get into a Marvel argument now, Frida. No, no, but, but I'm right, though. I'm right, though, like, because they still do the trope because, yes, it is expected because we do get comfort from it. We love yeah. it. We love those moments, but we acknowledge they're stupid, so it gives us a bit of rest and it gives us less guilt from enjoying it by pointing it out to us so yeah. we get to just have guiltless enjoyment. This was a little bit of guilty enjoyment, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> any more tropes? Okay. No, um, no. I think we should move into cool. the science now. Let's go. All right. So let's get into this. All right. The what we're going to talk about first is obviously um, <laughs> portals. So <sighs> right. Sorry, I was like, is there a better way for like? Should I have written some sort of a linking thing for this now? Nah. Why? Why am I suddenly all concerned about linking segments? <laughs> Increased production values, Frida. Maybe just every year. Maybe after every year we go, let's change one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Da-da, we're getting the law and order. Ba-boom. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's start with the kaiju and uh, or portal. So an interdimensional okay. rift has created a portal between worlds. Now, we've talked about portals and wormholes before, specifically in the Avengers, in Thor, in Interstellar. Um, I can't remember if there's any more. Do you remember any more where we talked about portals and wormholes? I mean, you've done your wormhole demo multiple contact. times on this podcast. <laughs> contact as well. Oh yeah, contact. I can't remember. Maybe maybe we'll start we'll start having lists up somewhere of like every oh, movie. That I just realized what movie we're doing next, actually. I was tossing up and now I know. It's okay. gonna be a wormhole, maybe. But yeah, oh. yeah, quite, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so um so as we've talked about it before, a wormhole is a possibility in physics, but the conditions for one to exist are incredibly complicated and we have never observed or created one. Okay, so the one of the reasons why we've never been able to create a wormhole is because of this need for exotic matter. And, you, and you'll have heard this phrase multiple times, exotic matter, and then people will say, oh, a negative energy density. There's a very clear and explicit reason for that. It's because the concept of a wormhole comes from the idea that there is such a high density of energy or such a high mass in terms of like con- ideas of, of black holes joining together and creating a wormhole, which is an Einstein-Rosen bridge, or a black hole joining a white hole, uh, the that high energy density or that high amount of mass causes space-time to curve inwards. Um, but in order to exit, to come back out, for space-time to curve outwards again, you need to have an equal, um, as equal a high energy density, but it needs to be negative. 
because you have a positive energy density forcing the curve inwards. So to have an exit for a wormhole, you need a negative energy density to force space-time to curve in the opposite direction. Uh, so that's what we mean when we say negative energy density and, when, and then we refer to it as exotic matter because something with negative energy density doesn't exist physically. Um, people might raise up the Casimir effect, but that's an entirely different thing and uh, is potentially not actually real. So while we can say, as I said, that uh, they're within the solutions of general relativity, you can describe wormholes, we have never observed one or created one. What I cannot say for absolute certainty is what would happen if one opened at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean? Because my intuition, I, I just, just gut feeling, Frida, just, just general idea, is that the entire planet would end up falling into the wormhole and being destroyed because the energy density required to make one would be around the order of magnitude of a black hole. Um, okay. So, so I would just feel that essentially it would warp space to such an extreme that the gravity created should be enough to pull us, the moon, Mars, Venus, probably some other stuff into this, this, uh, this wormhole that is now at the base of the Pacific Ocean. Mars, um, Venus. <laughs> just, you know, a few other things. Who knows? Maybe the sun. What do you think? <laughs> I remember Palm Springs because they were oh, talking yeah. about making oh, yeah. an amount of energy to get out of it. Is that mm. what they were talking about? Negative energy density? I don't yeah, it's like terms, she's... I, it's... I don't know exactly how the wormhole in... Um, or or how the 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 portal in Pacific uh, uh, Palm Springs was supposed to work, but yeah, it sounds like the same thing. Like which we'll talk about in a minute, the whole like destabilization of it. Yeah. So yeah, 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 to to break it off so that she stops looping back in time, you have to destabilize it. So you need a certain amount of energy in order to de destabilize it. Okay. Yeah. No, that's it. So. Love it. In order to have a wormhole at the bottom of the ocean, you would have to be prepared to suck in the entire planet. I well. mean, I would assume. You would assume. <laughs> Damn. One, one would assume. <laughs> but um, so so as as in saying that, we also have to assume in terms of this movie that the kaiju have some super duper way to control the curvature and stop everything from collapsing. But the thing about the wormholes, as as we know in real physics, is that they are not traversable. So when we talk about this concept of creating a wormhole, the way that it would work is so quick that as a wormhole is created, it pretty much immediately collapses. We talked a lot about this with, in with Interstellar. We talked about the whole, the formation of the wormhole and how it pinches in the center pretty much immediately. So in order to get through a wormhole, you would need to either have a way to hold it open or you would need to be able to travel fast enough to get through it before it pinches off because if it pinches off when you're in it, you're totally screwed. So yeah. um, <clears throat> in the same vein as if you have some sort of technology that's going to hold the wormhole open and you want to collapse the wormhole, you want to force it to pinch off, you need to apply some huge amount of energy. And you're going to want to do that at the narrowest point of the wormhole. So like the central, uh, the central position of it. So um, how do you destabilize it? Nukem! I mean, that uh, it's just logical, Frida. <laughs> it's, I don't know how many times we can see this happen in a movie. It's insane. It's insane! 
It's the only solution we have. Do you know what's fascinating, right? Is like because of the way technology has like kind of advanced and stuff is like when I read classic science fiction now, it's really funny how much classic science fiction. So like pre 50s and 60s sci-fi, everything is about atomic energy and atomic power and atomic weapons. Like everything is atomic weapons. And then like once you get past the 60s and like lasers are invented and stuff and we start getting into more like kind of ideas around plasma guns and stuff, like the way that you see it start to advance, but like everything pre-60s is atomic weapons. <laughs> it's just like, how many books can I read where they're talking about atomic power? Come on, guys. So yeah, it's fascinating. I know. But it's not even like, I get that the movies that are just warning about the power of this new technology, but they the way movies liberally, arbitrarily even, apply nuclear power to solve any random problem <laughs> is so beguiling, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> and not even underwater. It's like, how many movies about underwater nuclear I know. as well? It's like we just had one. All the core is just like going down and like exploding a nuclear <laughs> yeah. bomb and it solves a problem, not ruins things, solves a problem. I suppose because when you think about it, like I know while it is a massive trope, when you when you do think about it, like in terms of what we understand of technology right now, it is the only way that we can actually say in a story how you can apply a huge amount of energy quickly. Like, what is sure. the best way yeah, to yeah, apply yeah, yeah. a massive amount of energy quickly? You set off a nuke. Um, okay. We don't have another way. We don't have another another avenue to in 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 science to describe that. So maybe that's what we need in sci-fi. We need a new. We need science fiction to come up with a new way that we could apply massive amounts of energy without it being a nuke. Okay. Bear. Petition to sci-fi writers Bear. out there. Yeah. <laughs> um so the only thing I don't know about is if like obviously I like the the idea that a nuclear warhead would have enough energy to collapse it. I, I guess it depends on how stable the wormhole would be and for the purposes of this movie it's obviously as stable as the energy of the dual nuclear core of the acre that they send down there. Yeah. They send a Jaeger down there? Oh, yeah, they're fighting at the end. Yeah. Do you know what? They're, they're fighting with them across the thing. Do, can I just say for a minute there, I confused yeah. the Jaeger with just the people. I kind of forgot <laughs> if that makes sense. So the scale of it is sometimes a bit confusing. <laughs> I just faced out. Um, yeah, the only, thing that I, the only thing I can't say about that entire sequence or that scene of using the Jaeger... Um, is that like I just like there's no way he's getting out of that blast. No, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like that that yeah, there's just he's not he's not coming up out of that blast. Um no. but yeah, how do we feel about interdimensional travel? Portal travel aliens coming through. How do we feel about it? Are we okay with it? Yeah, I'm totally okay with it. Mm. I actually don't mind okay it. it I don't mind that they came through another dimension underwater as a monster and came up through the water. I mean, I love it. Yeah, I'm with but it. But I do I'm take your problem with with having that level of energy and the thing and the thing and like that's funny. But yeah. um, no, love it. I actually, but I think like we can just say like you know in terms of that kind of stuff, it's. Uh, 
for me, it's like, okay, well, like, like let's highlight the realities of wormholes and, and energy and how you would have, like, what you need to, to have it stable, what you need to have it destabilized, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's all speculative or at least, you know, hypothetical slash mildly theoretical um, in terms of real physics anyway. So whatever anyone wants to do with it in a movie, I'm f- always fine with because... <laughs> Like, that's the thing you have the freedom you have that freedom in movies that's to exactly do whatever right. you want with wormholes really yeah yeah exactly and i also don't mind the idea of aliens coming from other dimensions than from other parts yeah. of the planet i actually prefer that in a funny way because mm. i'm sick of aliens okay i like the fact that they come from another dimension interdimensional creatures because it also explains quite a lot of them being so different and being mm. so powerful is that they come from a, of, of a dimension which has different rules and it actually gives you even more freedom to do more stuff because I'd also just more creative I, what, things what you do could you, do with the creatures. What, what do you take dimension to mean? Because I always just feel like science fiction just uses dimension wrong. Um, not in our plane of existence, so in another. So okay. it's not like you could travel really far in a vehicle that we have and get there. You would have to do you, exit our plane of existence. Yeah. Do you, so do you do you imagine it to be another universe? No. Who cares? The point is that you can't get there just through linear travel. You'll have to get there by exiting the brain in the bulk. Yeah. <laughs> Like getting yeah, out yeah, but, yeah, from but, a different but perspective when we talked... and coming to a something. So okay. whether it's exiting this. No, but when we talked about the brain and the bulk and interstellar, what we're talking about is higher dimensional beings. So higher dimensional beings wouldn't, we wouldn't perceive them unless we're saying that these are beings that are like in a four dimensional space and we're seeing projections of them in three dimensions. So, so when mm-hmm. we're talking about that, we're talking about like a higher dimensional being that we would never be able to perceive. But if we can perceive yes. them in the way that we can, then they have to come from a, a dimension that or, or an existence that has the same dimensions as us. So I think when they say interdimensional, I think that they misuse the term. And what they mean is, I think what you're saying about in terms of another plane of existence is correct. But I think what what they mean is another reality, another parallel world, parallel universe. Oh, like the way Rick and Morty calls this interdimensional travel, which is basically means different universes. Yeah, I think that's what they mean. I think it's different universes. But depending on what your concept of multi... But depending on what your concept of multiverse theory is, then, um, or what, what way you ascribe to it, then what you're saying makes sense, though. Because say, say like multiverses, the bubble universes, right? The whole concept of bubble universes is that each bubble would have its own rules and its own laws. It wouldn't necessarily have to follow the laws of physics right. for us. So it, it would make sense if you say, well, the multiverse is bubble universes and this wormhole is connecting our universe to a different universe where the rules and the laws allow for kaiju. Um, oh, I see that they're from another universe with different rules contained within a bubble. Yeah. I think that I prefer thinking about I don't like thinking about things as many universes because there's something lazy about that because you're basically saying there's as many things as possible and anything can happen so there's not, you don't really have to explain it because all you have to say is well it's just another place and there's different rules what I mm. prefer is thinking about 
clinging to what we know and extrapolating from that into like what other perspectives can there be on us because of higher dimensions I actually enjoy that way more because it's enjoyable to think about and I also like thinking about that we are only one point of view and things expand out so much from us and there could be beings that have access to different things and interact with us but that would explain why they're so powerful to us no I agree I agree with that but I only agree with that in the context of interstellar interstellar yeah, because in sure. interstellar you don't see the beings that are of a higher dimension because we can't in interstellar when he goes them. into the black hole and he goes into the tesseract yeah, totally. the tesseract is shown to him in such a way that we can see how a higher dimensional being perceives time but he still sees and experiences everything in three dimensions because we are in three dimensions so if you have a kaiju coming through that is in three dimensions that's a three-dimensional being that's not a higher dimensional yeah, yeah, yeah. being they just come from another universe they have to like because that cause has if they the came same... from yeah unless yeah, yeah, unless yeah. there's some way to explain and describe how they are higher dimensional beings but um they are perceiving or we are seeing three-dimensional projections of them in the yeah, same yeah, way exactly. that we as three-dimensional beings might see an image in two dimensions. But at the same time, why would they come through the to our dimension? Are them through. Isn't there... That's just no, but, but the why? Aliens... But they're coming... Yeah, because they want to terraform and take over, our, which means that they require our resources. Yes, which means... So if they want to terraform Earth and take over, they require, which a higher dimensional being wouldn't require our resources. So, so maybe it's actually just a, a wormhole way. or it's a portal to another place in the same universe, probably. Yep. That's what it is. It's a portal to just another place in the same universe that they've done under the water. And if you did travel for a long distance, you could get there. Yeah. Cool. Settled. Right. Let's talk about kaiju. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, there are different categories of kaiju. Um, oh, no, wait. Sorry. I skipped ahead a little bit. Uh, where did I? Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, kaiju are, if you didn't know, uh, originate in Japanese culture, particularly uh, tokusatsu entertainment, which is a live action film or TV that has a large focus on practical effects. Now, kaiju is a Japanese word that translates as strange creature. Uh, kaiju generally refers to a monster that either attacks a major city or is in a battle with another monster. The most famous kaijus are, of course, Godzilla and King Kong. Um, King Kong it was is actually the original kaiju. It was released uh, in the US in 1933. And then in 1952, after World War II, it was re-released in Japan, which inspired Toho Studios to produce Godzilla, which was then released in 1954. Um, and that Godzilla then essentially birthed the era of kaiju. So King Kong didn't create kaiju, but it inspired Godzilla, which then is the beginning of um, of the kaiju era. Uh, right, so other famous kaiju are uh, Gamera, which is a giant flying turtle from the 1965 oh. film Gamera. We have Mothra, which might unsurprisingly sound like a giant moth. Uh, there's all, but, but Mothra is also a shapeshifter, we need to point out, so beware of that. Uh, which first appeared in 1961 in the movie Mothra. Then we have um, King's Ghidorah, which is a three-headed dragon that first appeared in 1964. And of course, Mecha Godzilla, 
which is Robot Godzilla from the movie Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla from 1974, and the special effects are absolutely fucking glorious. Please just look up Mechagodzilla. Just look at it. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, so how how we feel about like the whole concept of kaiju? I'm fine about it. I have no feelings about it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know it was a real... The way you wrote it in the notes, I was like, oh, it's a real thing. I didn't know that King Kong was a kaiju. Hmm. I thought he was just... I didn't realize it was a Japanese thing. Cool. Well, King Kong King Kong wasn't... like. That's what I mean. Like King Kong was just, Mecha you know, Godzilla. like, hey, what happens if you have a giant ape? And then um, that was, like, kind of inspired... Uh, I think I think the whole thing with Godzilla was that after World War Two and the the whole thing concerns about radiation effects and stuff, then that's yeah. where Godzilla comes from as yeah. um as the the monster, and then that kind mm. of spread this whole idea of but but the concept of having a giant monster attacking cities, um, that's that that is reminiscent of of animals that we know but has some sort of special powers is is kaiju strange creature and it's very japanese um so in terms of the movie there's different categories of kaiju well there's different categories of kaiju anyway but in terms of the movie they're numbered um so maybe a giant monster would be category two uh but that would be referred to as a kaiju aiga and then the really, really, really big ones, so maybe the category threes and fours in the movie would be referred to as Dai Kaiju. Uh, they're wow, almost I love it. all Yeah. <laughs> the the <laughs> thing about Kaiju in terms of the culture is that they are almost always a singular creature. They're not species. They're never a species of creature. Um, each one is physiologically unique. And we get that in the movie. Now there are ones that I think are clones that we find out kind of later on and stuff like that. But like each one is each one that comes out is different. It looks different. It has different abilities and they have to fight it in different ways. And that's one of the most fun things about it, I think, because it's not just the same thing coming up every time. Every time they say like there's a category three coming out, we're like, oh, what's it going to be? Yeah. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. I like that they had already in the movie categorized them, etc. Yeah. It's great. I think I think they did a really good job of like kind of expressing it in terms of what 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 you would kind of expect if you're going to say it's a kaiju. Um, so the thing about the kaiju, though, as as you have noted, is that they, of course, do not follow in any way any accurate biology. <laughs> so oh, that's fine. OK, so um, right. Few fun facts about kaiju biology. Number one, they are very, very fast. For something so very, very large. <laughs> now, it's tr- it's like fairly straightforward to work out the physics of how they should move. Um, and like even with the Jaegers as well, we get a glimpse of... Um, like with the Jaegers, we do get slight glimpses of the slowness of their motion. But that's depicted more suit the mechanics and like the neural interface delays and stuff like that. But just straight up physically speaking, a monster that size would be slow. So incredibly okay. slow. Uh, think about dinosaurs, people. Do we remember dinosaurs? Barely. Remember how the I was big only ones? a young child when they were around. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, I mean, we've all seen Jurassic Park. Come on. So, 
maybe the smaller kaiju okay so maybe if you had a kaiju that was like a t-rex size it could be dynamic but mm. what like here's the scales we're talking about right the largest dinosaur that we know to have existed was on average about 100 tons kaiju are measured in thousands of tons so okay we can only assume that they have very alien biology that allows them to move quickly or maybe they originate on a planet with a larger mass and more gravity so being on earth is kind of like a holiday you know bouncing around maybe that's why they're coming here because it's like hey we can just float them in the right i don't know they're they're in the water but i'm just saying yeah (laughs) i don't know i mean it's not real come on that doesn't make sense I put. I find a hole in your argument. Okay. Abby, what is the hole in my argument? No, that they're in the water. Oh yeah. Like the thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Anyway, go on. Um. Okay. So the next thing is that they don't appear to eat. So you never really see kaiju eating. You see them fighting. You see them using their teeth to fight, but you don't see them like chomping down and being like, mm, "I'm hungry." They're not. They don't appear... That's not what what their kind of intention is when they're attacking cities and stuff. They're not looking for food. Um, they're just murderous. Yeah. Now, if they do eat in, in, the, in the general culture, if you see kaiju eating, it's never near, like, anywhere near what would need... What they would need to survive, a creature of that size. I found an article that said that um, even if you fed Godzilla thousands of tons of food a day, it still wouldn't have enough energy to move. Maybe just about enough energy to like blink their eye, but they would just be lying down, lounging Mm -hmm. around the place. Um, So it would need to consume energy on the order of massive amounts of a rocket fuel. So uh, we have to assume that their metabolism or their energy production systems must be highly efficient and entirely different to what we know. Now, I saw somewhere something that said that they're basically like walking nuclear reactors. And um, I did find an amazing article, which I'll link in the show notes, which is Everything Kaiju, where they there's this whole thing which is towards a theory of biology of kaiju. And they literally go through, this person goes through how you could maybe change evolution historically to account for how something could evolve in their biology to consume radiation but we talked about this a little bit when we did the hulk right remember when i talked about the hulk and 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 i kind of tried to science the hulk in such a way to say that well he's consuming the gamma rays that the, he's consuming the radiation uh, it's not it's not damaging him because he's actually consuming it because it's fueling yeah. him so it's kind of a similar thing. They're basically saying that like um, they and it, and if a kaiju can evolve so that it's almost acting like a fusion reactor and creating yeah. its own fuel as it moves, basically. So there's these wild ideas. It's it's insane. Well, isn't but, that yeah what we're doing anyway? That's why we have food is to be created yeah. to transform with to with the mitochondria to electricity, like yeah. energy. And so it's just basically skips skips the whole step of the digestive system and just goes straight to fuel yeah exactly seems efficient it yeah. it's really clever this article i super recommend people watching it uh the only thing that i want to say the last number one is uh the last thing and i mean i guess like it does explain why if they're using if they're if they're basically walking nuclear reactors and they are consuming energy 
like the energy that they use to consume to give them energy comes from the reactions that they're kind of generating themselves then it makes sense that we have never seen a kaiju poop in any movie fair enough yeah the, there's the, never the kaiju sense. poop yeah yeah said the digestive <laughs> system exactly bypasses the entire need for a digestive system yeah <laughs> just goes straight to absorbing absorbing energy through its skin or whatever yeah I love it. I love it. I love the whole concept. I think it's fascinating and the whole culture of it. Obviously, like I have no real knowledge of this kind of stuff um, in detail, but I just think I think it's really cool. So yeah, awesome. that's all I have on Kaiju. Love it. I'm going to Japan in like a couple of weeks. <gasps> I'll be I'll go to the Kaiju Museum. Oh, my God. I'm really I would love to go to Japan. It is on the list. Yeah, it was on my list. I just decided mm. to fucking do it. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. There is I'm a Godzilla museum. <laughs> um, go yeah, to the Godzilla, Godzilla museum. I keep hearing that literally any museum in Japan is worth going to. <laughs> if you stumble across I- the museum, just go. Uh, well, I, I have one. I don't know if you'll be in the region, but we'll get to it in a minute and we'll talk about uh, somewhere where maybe you should go. Okay. Um, so so let's uh, let's move from the kaiju into how they fight the kaiju in Pacific Rim. Uh, two minds, one machine. Yes. So in order to fight the kaiju, humanity must have monsters of their own. And this is where we get the Jaegers. Now, Jaeger comes from the German word for hunter. But don't be fooled. The Jaegers are entirely rooted in the Japanese culture of Mecca. Now, before we get into the giant love robots it. and mecha, let's talk about brains. Freddie, you love a brain. Uh, the Jaegers are controlled via a neural link. So a computer brain interface or a brain computer interface. Sorry, that is the correct way to say that. Uh, however, they're so large that the physical and cognitive demands mean they need two pilots to share the neural load. And this is done via the PONS system, which allows the brains of the two pilots to form a synchronized mental state as a singular consciousness. Uh, This is, of course, not real. Brain-computer interfaces are real, sure. Um, I'll give some examples of these in a moment. But shared consciousness and this level of control is entirely fictional. But we're also talking about a super advanced and fantastical world. So I am completely okay with it. How do you feel? I am okay with it. And also it's arbitrary because two people wouldn't be enough to do that. You need a thousand people to do that. Yeah. You know, so that it's like, if you're going to, if you're going to go ahead and admit that one person can't do that, which they can't, the answer is that then another person. That's the funny thing that they just go and needed two people. When you think about what, one person could probably control with their mind, which is honestly like a, cur- a single cursor moving across the screen. And then I don't think that a whole robot could be controlled by the mind. I think that's that. But it's that super size. advanced. <laughs> also, I have a lot of questions like, why couldn't they just have like a remote control? Like, why did they need to have the brain link to be in the... <laughs> Why couldn't they just do because VR? Or... It, it would have been way less cool. Yeah, totally. With you, I agree. That's what I mean. The introduction, you're like, aha, uh-huh, the only way. Agree. Oh, yeah. Like, exactly. Why do you need to be in there? And also, here's another question that I have. 
if you're going to have somebody in there and you're not going to control it from a remote control, you may as well be much further away. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, why were they so close? So the Yankers could get there quickly. Fine. But then they just (laughs) just destroyed it. Yeah. It just felt... Yeah, I understand. I get that. I get that. I get that. I get it, I get it, I get it. But it just would seem like convenient, like you could you could maintain a safe distance, you know? Yeah. But anyway, okay, you're right, I get it. Okay, cool, fair, <laughs> fair. All right, okay, let's talk about brain-computer interfaces for a second because they yeah. are real and okay. they are incredibly useful. Yeah. Uh, yes. Not Neuralink, because I don't trust anything that Musk touches, but there are others. I Yeah, um, yeah, no, you're right, yeah. <laughs> okay, About so... That. A quick, a quick precursor. Neurons yeah. in our brains control our thoughts, emotions and actions and they use electrical impulses to exchange messages. Our brains then communicate with our body using electrical and chemical signals to transmit information. Brain-computer interfaces are built on our current understanding of how neurons communicate, which has allowed for the creation of things like neural prosthetics and neurostimulation devices that can be implanted in the brain, connecting the neural signaling to external computers and technology. Now, the most amazing thing about BCIs is that they can convert patterns of brain activity into commands for computers, allowing them to control things then like robotic limbs and wheelchairs. There's a huge amount to this topic that I'm not going to go into. Uh, It is truly amazing and important work, but I will link a really detailed article in the uh, show notes, and it's by Dr. Mark Van Rijmanam. Sorry, Dr. Mark Van Rijmanam. Uh, and it has an awful lot of information in it. It's very, very detailed. So I'll put that in. But um, in general, uh, brain computer interfaces tend to fall into two categories, national defense or assisting individuals with disabilities. Now, the movie is, of course, all about defense weapons aspect. So let's just talk about two examples of the helpful kind. Uh, first up is systems that let someone control digital interfaces using brainwave patterns, such as something that's called the Muse headset, which is an EEG-based device. And this is the kind of one that you mentioned a minute ago about, like allowing people to uh, move a cursor on a screen or maybe spell out uh, words. I think there was, I think one of the most famous, famous ones or... Uh, most successful ones was uh, it allowed a woman to uh, type eight words per minute on a screen just using the the neural interface. Um, and then, of course, there's robotic limb control, which can now not just allow people to control the robotic limb, but it can also give them a sense of touch so that you can have yeah. like intuitive control over these limbs. And I just love that so much. Uh, I don't really have much else to say about it, so so we can have like a, a little discussion about it now. But for me personally, honestly, I just think the world of prosthetics and robotic limbs is the most fascinating thing to me. It's so incredibly cool to watch it advancing. Um, it's honestly, I think when people ask me like, what's a field of research that you like that you want to see like succeed or that you feel excitement about or, or how it will change the world and stuff. And I honestly, it, it's this. It is yeah. the advancements of robotic limbs to me is just the most impressive thing that we have ever done. Yeah, it's amazing. The sophistication and the naturalness of it. Mm. It's amazing. It's amazing to me that we live in a world where someone could have that kind of catastrophic injury 
and there could be such options for them so many options and a future yeah. for them that's a beautiful thing and i also think brain computer interfaces is one of the most interesting things happening inside that and yes. genomics but i think bci for me i'm just like how do i crack into that it's incredible it's it's yeah. such a like it really just is when, when you you have to think back to a time when i, I know I'm, I'm quite hung up on the robotic limb, limb thing but like when you think back to a time when like the best that anyone could hope for is just like something something being attached that would allow them mm. to have some form of balance but like that that whole thing so they do it really well in Grey's Anatomy I think when um she Arizona isn't it loses her leg I think and there's the mm. whole thing about the phantom limb you know oh, it's, yeah. that that whole moment so if you can imagine that like going from being in a position where there's there's something missing but you have the sensation of it being there and that that confusing moment to us being able to advance to a point where you could actually be given a prosthetic that will allow you to sense it. Like, I don't know that people really understand the complexities and how impressive it is to be able to implant the sensation of touch via a robotic limb is wild. It's yeah, so it might solve complicated. Problem. But yeah, just just that yeah. thing of just like not just a thing where you actually now have an extension of you say say it's a hand or an arm or something where it's like, OK, cool, you can pick the thing up. But having to control how you pick the thing up without really being able to. I don't think we we understand how much we use our senses and our sense of touch. So to be able to actually do that now, I just I it, it's the most incredible thing. And also there's all these really amazing stuff happening that are about like cost effectiveness and, and being able to create prosthetics for people in um, communities and parts of the world that uh don't have as much access to that those types of this type of technology and being able to do that in a in a way that you can actually give it to to those people so i just think it's amazing i love it it's amazing uh, have you read the book tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow the gabrielle no. zeppin book there's it's a really great book it's, a, it's about computer games and everything but there's a character in it that uh has to have a prosthetic limb but it describes in great detail how painful and horrible it is like the first of all the pain the pressure on the limb that he experiences like standing and putting weight on it the phantom mm. pain that the the just the the terrible uh experience that it can be um yeah. of prosthetics um and it's a pretty difficult read but i didn't know you know how you know having something that's just what you stand on as opposed to i don't know like where the future's going but how painful it actually yeah can be and also the pain the fat the phantom limb but also the, the apparently like so much pain you can experience from um the phantom limb it's just really interesting yeah and so the idea that, that that the technology can come so far uh, is really yeah. amazing especially um for veterans as well um yeah yeah so to yeah, to come cool away stuff. from the from the positives and the and the the you know the like the actual good real science around it, how do we feel about the drift, <laughs> this shared consciousness? Don't get lost in the memory. <laughs> Honestly, what the fuck were they talking about? <laughs> I I, <laughs> I have to say like I was with them up to the point of the fact that they had shared memories as 
siblings or good friends and so that helps them i was sort of like cool they work together they have overlap right um what i uh uh um yeah yeah no i didn't understand yeah so they were working together they were in each other's minds by the way i was i was disturbed how he his brother died while he was connected in his brain so they basically become one person they work as one but to experience your own death effectively Mm. uh is a shocking trauma which again more like more about that uh yeah i do i was like like ooh, that's a that's a lot and yeah i mean they, they they didn't skim past it but i didn't and then that i lot they lost me after that with the drifting and with I got I got it until that point, but then when I didn't, I, they, they lost me completely when it came to like them two together and her in the memories and him being in her memories. Uh, yeah, that whole thing was like, I mean, obviously that was like plot device aspect to it more so, I think. But I, what I thought was really funny was when I was watching the movie and when they linked up and it was like, left hemisphere, engaged, right hemisphere, engaged. I was like, Frida's going to fucking field day with that. Just like this whole kind of thing. And I was like, surely, surely there's a lot more to motor control um, in general than just one person controlling one half, one side of the body and the other person controlling the other side of the body. Am Um, I misunderstanding that or is that more, is that more correct than I am understanding? So, like... I don't understand. I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm not going to yeah. pretend that I am. I'm definitely, definitely, definitely not. I don't have any neuroscience uh, background. But I think it's just very liberal. I think they're just talking extremely liberal here. I think that we have a dominant... I don't really know. I'm not going to go yeah. into this because I don't have enough information. No, well, look, I know, I know that I we was... know from... I know that we know from stroke that, like, if one side of the brain is affected, then that affects one side of the body. And the other side is affected, it affects the other side of the body. So I think they're yeah, kind of yeah, taking sure. that general concept. But I just don't, I don't, don't know that I believe that it's like in order to have a neural interface to control a robot that you would be like, okay, well, I'm just going to control the left side of the yeah. robot. And you're like, like, yeah, I guess if you say like, oh, I'm going to control the left side and you're going to control the right side. I don't know how logical that would be in terms of like synchronization, in terms of knowing yeah, yeah. the motion. They knowing, are the like, robot. Yeah. They they so one part one person's brain. Does the robot have a brain? Yeah, I do. That the, so the, they're Them, controlling their brains, the I limbs. Guess. They're the brain, right? Yeah. So. What what my what I was thinking was more not to do with the right and the left and the left and the right because they can link that up however they want as in terms of the robots quote unquote neural pathways mm-hmm. controlling its motor control quote unquote obviously it's ro- it's a robot but I guess they were linking like my right arm controls the robot's right arm my left leg controls the robot's left leg so that they could walk smoothly together. And yeah. then it could be like a seamless controlling of the robot. And so one of them left brain was connected so that there was their right side. And then the other one's right brain was connected so that their their left side and so that they were walking together. So all they had to do was walk together and um, 
let's say their outer limbs was the robot limbs or something like that because it was like a prosthetics or something. The robot was yeah. linked somehow. I, I mean, I don't really care. <laughs> like, I don't like as in it, to me, this is a robotics question. It's not really yeah. a brain question. It's just like that, that, that the robot was designed I think, so that the limbs could control the robot's limbs. I, I just think, I think BCI. that, yeah, I think that for me, uh, and that all is completely fine. Um, aside from obviously the scale and the size and the the capacity, but like I, I think for me it was just more the, the whole like thing where they have to be so synchronized because one is controlling the left and one is controlling the right. It would make more sense to me if what they were actually saying was they need to be synchronized and agree on the next movements. So like this is our first move, and now the next move will be this, rather than it's it's like. I don't know, because cause to me that feels like it's the, like in the present, you know, it's like, okay, so I'm going to punch with my right hand, right? Yeah. So if I, so if I'm going to be in a, if, if you're going to be in a boxing position and you want to punch with your left fist, then you need to have your left foot forward and your right foot back. Okay. So if, if the guy controlling the left is like, well, I'm going to punch with the left fist, then the guy controlling the right has to be like, well, I need to get the right foot back. Right. Oh, yeah, I understand. Well, they, they had to be work as one. I think the whole thing was that they were yeah. linked up, so they worked as one person, completely synchronized, and that mm. therefore they were so in each other's brains that when you wanted to, to punch, the person got the message needed to set up a punch, which included putting one, one leg back or one arm back or whatever yeah, it is you're yeah. saying, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they I'm were working together it. as one. And if somebody drifted their memory, then the other person had to, was pulled into there as well because they... Right were in their heads the... as well so i think the whole thing about getting stuck in yeah. the drift is that you have to focus completely and utterly on the thing because if you start going off on the other direction then the other person gets right. pulled with you because they're in your mind as well and so therefore you have to be completely completely focused and not have things like fear or anything like that yeah. and so the basically is like are you a fighter can you be completely and utterly focused because it's very risky if you start going into your trauma like if you are triggered by the kaiju because of when you were a child you should not be there because you're going to be triggered in your trauma and you're going to go back into your memory and you're going to pull the other person back with you and you can't be focused on the job so i totally agree that she totally probably had no place she totally probably she probably had no <laughs> place being there because she was triggered which mm. meant she was pulling him to the memories which means they couldn't focus and so that was pretty fucked up so what i would say that the whole right brain left brain i think those graphics were completely I don't know if they were that helpful. I mean, they were kind of helpful. They were sending a message. They were working together. Is The point is they're working as one. So they're using yeah. a combined yeah. neural load to and control this sense. big robot. The focus thing. The focus thing makes perfect sense. I think that's really that, good. That I think makes sense. Yeah. I think that yeah. they were using a lot of speak. Don't get caught in the drift. If I just think about it like don't get distracted yeah. by thinking it, about yeah. childhood memories while I'm connected to your brain, that makes a lot of sense to okay. me. If you can't be focused, then we can't work together. Something like that. Okay, cool. I'm happy with that. I love it. Um, So I'm going to come back to the Jaegers then. So I only, the last thing we're going to talk, we'll just talk a little bit about the Jaegers themselves. So we come away from the neural interface and just think about what is a Jaeger. Um, Well, in Japanese culture, similar with the Kaiju, we're now talking about Mecha which refers to any mechanical item. So cars, computers, like, you know, anything like that is also mecha. 
But when we're talking about it from the perspective of science fiction, Mecha exclusively refers to giant robots, humanoids that are piloted by humans. Uh, Well, they don't specifically have to be piloted uh, internally in the way that they are in the movie, but humanoid giant robots. Um, Now, they first appeared in the 50s, uh, spanning television, film and video games. And then in later years, with the growth and popularity of anime and manga around the world, Mecha has become a worldwide phenomenon. Now, as I mentioned, Mecha really developed in Japanese culture starting in the 50s with two series that are considered the foundations of Mecha. So Osamu Tezuka's Mighty Atom and uh, Mitsuteru Yokoyama's Tetsujin 28 Go. The English titles for these are Astro Boy and Gigantor. Gigantor might trigger something. Yeah. Um, But it wasn't until the 70s when they brought in... uh, Sorry, but it wasn't until the 70s that they then brought in pilot control from inside the robot with uh, Go Nagai's Messenger Z. Um, I, of course, Frida, I'm sure you too, may have first encountered Mecha with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I got such Power Rangers vibes from this movie, I have to tell you. <laughs> well, Power vibes. Rangers and Transformers as well, they're both heavily adapted from Japanese characters. Um, like, this is so much so right. The Power Rangers, the, our, our Power Rangers that we watched back in the day, right? It yeah. used stock footage from the Japanese program that it's based on called um, Kayoru... Oh, fuck, I'm gonna... Sorry, guys, I'm trying. Kayoru... Kayoru Sentai Zuranger. Kayoru Sentai Zuranger. these crazy aliens. But that's the thing. So when we watch Power Rangers, right, and we see our Power Rangers in their Mighty Morphin... In their Power Rangers suits, you know, get the pink yeah. and the red and the blue. Um, the, that's all the footage. But then when they're in the in the Power Ranger uh, mecha fighting the yeah. the creatures, that's stock footage from the Japanese program. So they basically like, I mean, Power Rangers is just like an adaptation, but where they still use the stock footage of the original program, which I just think is amazing, and I love it. Yeah, I, I I love the Power Rangers. I got huge trigger, like, little mind t- tinges when mm. I was watching them. It was like they're fighting on the outside. You've got the robot. And that's why you keep forgetting that the robot is actually them on the inside. It's like, because yeah. you, you forget the scale of it. So it's the robot and the dinosaur. And then it zooms to them talking and being like, hey, we got to do it. And it was like, oh, my God, this is Power Rangers. Yeah. When they're like inside the thing and then fighting on the outside, but then yeah. inside they're like, yeah, it's yeah. Oh, I had no idea it was adapted. I'm now I need to just look at Power Rangers. I know, like I loved Power Rangers. I was just remembering back to it. I mean, it was so. When you think back to it now, I bet if we watch it now, you'd just be like, oh my Megazord. god, <laughs> yeah, Power Rangers yes! was so fucking. <laughs> oh my god, it's the Megazord. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. Love the Power Rangers. But um, I don't. I don't really have anything else to say. I've got. I've got one other thing that I want to talk about about um, Gundam robots in a second. But like, I don't have anything else to say really about the Jaegers. Um, I know that there was the whole intro. That I thought about doing the breakdown of each one, but um, I just it was like I. It, it's a lot. So something that maybe we'll come back to in the future. Okay. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't really go down. We know that the gypsy. Um, 
Oh my god, what was it called? Gypsy. Oh my god, I've forgotten its name. The main Jaeger. The one, their Jaeger. Um, <laughs> Gypsy Danger that's what it's called uh, so we know like Gypsy Danger was as as they said it was the only one that was uh, what was it was it the only one that was analog or something oh yeah I, yeah, I didn't really know what that meant <laughs> I think it was like I think it was at the EMP so, so the kaiju were able to send out an EMP and knock out all of the Jaegers Except for Gypsy Danger, because it didn't run on the same... It doesn't run on yeah. electrical systems, it runs on nuclear power. So it was the only oh, one that okay. had, like, the nuclear reactor in it, so it was, it was... A, it was self-sufficient. So they were able to use that. Which then, of course, super handy, because they needed a nuclear bomb to actually close the wormhole. So, hey, use the Jaeger that's, that's uh, basically nuclear a giant power. Iron Man suit. I mean, that's what Gypsy Danger was. It was a it had the arc reactor in the middle. Oh yeah, hang on, Gypsy Danger. Let me see what it looks like. The analogs, Australians. No, Gypsy Danger is the main one. It's them. It's the oh, one. oh. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant. It's the only one that's analog, but I guess it makes sense. It's sort of like self-contained. It's not online, effectively. Yeah, is that what they mean? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I didn't online. get knocked out by the um by the electrical. The yeah. electromagnetic you, pulse. It uses hydraulics. Um, yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah, that was the thing, yeah. Hydraulics and the um the the nuclear the nuclear Man, The Power Range is actually so stupid. I don't want to remember <laughs> this now. It's taking me back and I'm like, oh no, these look terrible. I know, don't Oh, don't. but Keep the outside ones are cool. That's true. Like some of the monsters I look amazing yeah. from the outside. That's oh Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, oh my god. By the way, the cutting between the outside monsters and them inside controlling it is completely hokey, but it's also a big feature of this movie. <laughs> like, the big thing and then being like, we did it! Yeah, yeah it's, I know. It's amazing. Um, oh, yeah, god, cool. I miss it. It was so I miss good. It too. Oh my god. Oh, what what was the song? so bad abby i'm just watching oh my god oh wait what was the power rangers song lyrics no no you do you do oh my god so the out you're saying to me that the outside of the power rangers megazord the thing that they combine together which is basically what they're doing in this movie completely and totally this is power rangers is stock footage from japanese yeah and the fighting that every monster that they had to fight There'll be some new monster, some giant monster. They fight together in the Megazord. This is stock footage. So basically, this was derived from a Japanese show. They just replaced yeah. the people with Americans. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And and Pacific Rim is Power Rangers. And Power Rangers is actually just Japanese um, kaiju mecca fighting yeah. yeah love it but i like that they had a lot of um they they did have a lot of reference to J japan japan yeah like they had japan representative in this movie and so that was at least they were yeah it didn't tribute. feel too much like it didn't it didn't feel like a too much like a kind of ghost in the shell thing scarlett johansson yeah yeah, yeah. 
it felt more like a it felt more like a an homage to the culture yeah but i don't want to speak for anyone who is a massive uh mecca kaiju fan they might disagree with me on that but i i I think that i think a really good job was done on it no i love it i Um, I know there was a japanese power ranger too it's good to know yeah oh cool so stuff so the last thing that i want to bring up just to close it out is uh the giant gundam robot in japan because it is the coolest thing to exist and i want to see it in person more than anything so frida if you are going to be anywhere near yokohama in japan you should be going to see the uh gundam so it's modeled on a robot from the 1970s anime series mobile suit gundam and it's on display as i said in yokohama in japan it's 18 meters tall weighs 25 tons it was built over six years and has 24 movable parts now it's not technically a robot because it can't be freely operated to just like do whatever they they say Uh, it has preset movements that they put on shows for it to move uh but it can it can move and its drive system does use industrial robotics um and I suppose to be fair, like when you think about it, it was made as entertainment and basically to sell toys, uh, not as military defense. So it's not uh, it's not this highly sophisticated robot. But the sheer achievement of creating something that size that has any motion where it's not just collapsing under its own weight is really, really amazing. Also, I just think it looks incredible. I'm guessing you're looking at a picture of it. Yeah, no, I think you could get there. Yeah, yeah, it's like an hour from Tokyo. I'm looking at a picture of where it is. It's crazy. It looks amazing. Right? But it's not on my itinerary. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) Next time, I love giant robots. There's a giant robot that's just sitting there. My favorite piece of art in the university that I did my PhD was this huge robot just sitting on the lawn. Yeah, <laughs> and I just love the I love it, and you can just sit yeah. and sort of have lunch in its sort of shadow. Um, it's just, just really it cool. So I just it's yeah. like the it's just such an amazing thing, and I also think the building of the Gundam robot is such a clever thing as well. I think it was like I think there were a lot of companies that were involved in the building of it, but it's obviously, of course, you know, the focus of. Uh, the what was it mobile mobile suit gundam i think it's yeah mobile suit gundam was the anime series so um whoever's selling those toys clever clever 18 freaking meter tall robot i'll go see that anyway that's the end that's all i kind of have to talk about with pacific rim there's so many other things definitely that we could talk about but this has already been quite a long discussion uh to be fair we did we did um we did like geek out about the the cast <laughs> quite a bit at the start but yeah so that that's it that is pacific rim um uh the last thing that we have to do is what the fox what the what the what the fuck okay. so frida what is your what the fuck Can I be honest that I wrote something for my what the fuck and I didn't understand what I wrote and I watched the movie (laughs) and I still don't know what I wrote. It said slits aliens like Battlefield Earth and I have no idea what I'm talking about. So 
Um, I don't okay. Know, I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really yeah. <laughs> Slits. I've been looking at it for. I'm just like. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Amazing. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't okay. think I have one. That's all right. What's okay. yours? I've got I've got two. So I've just got one that I just wanted to not do. I, I don't know why. I don't know why I put this down in the section. Uh, but I just, for some reason, calling it a neural handshake just bugged me and I thought it was weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate Time that. for a neural handshake. I was just like, what? What? What is that in reference to? I don't know. Oh, it's when they, yeah, it's just when, when they're saying about the joining up, linking up um, for the, for the co-piloting. Are you so ready for a neural, neural handshake, handshake or time to have a neural handshake? So it was just like, yeah, ugh, stop. So I guess I it's like meet each things. other in the brain. <laughs> so a couple of things that I was like, uh, was like the four helicopters to carry it. I don't think so. But yeah. also how does the kaiju fly? No. Does it fly? No. No. Does the it helicopter? fly? I don't remember it flies. Kaiju. I wrote, how does he fly without a tail? How do you fly without a tail? I've written, I've, I've written things down that are simple. How do I wrote, I wrote four helicopters to carry it. How he flies without tail. Slits Amazing. Slits aliens like Battlefield Earth. Nuclear in core the core. There are things that I've written here that I have no idea what the fuck I was talking okay. about. That's the so what the I'm... fuck then, Frida. What the fuck were you talking about? That's it. Slits aliens. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, stilts. Aliens on stilts. Stilts aliens. Oh. <laughs> stilts, I still slits. don't know what you mean, but <laughs> at least you I figured out how to read your own handwriting. <laughs> stilts. Slits. <laughs> aliens on stilts. I don't remember aliens stilts, being on stilts. Aliens? I think. <laughs> This is new. This is a new version of the movie. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Stilts, aliens. I don't know okay. what the fuck I'm talking about. I think it was talking about, yeah, who cares? Whatever, man. Um, okay. Do you have any actual what the fucks? <laughs> I don't have any what the fucks. Okay. All right. <laughs> right. Here is mine. This is my what the fuck okay, for the go. movie. Yeah. Right. They needed to have kaiju DNA to be able to get through the portal. But then he doesn't yes. need kaiju DNA to come back up through the portal, which he does manage to do, even though he's unconscious in a capsule and they just nuked the wormhole. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work the other way around. He can still come <laughs> out. Why can't they ever just let somebody die? I just like, right? Right? It was like, I mean, he, he but like, but like he went, he went all the way through. He was in the alien place. Yes. How did he turn around and go back up through? If they had closed it Was it that it like they, they nuked it in the alien place and then that sent a shockwave that pushed him up through the wormhole? Pushed him up. So he was going ahead of the, the explosion, uh, which means that he was able to get up and through before the nuke reached the wormhole, destabilized it and closed it fine sure okay if that's what we're saying that's okay but you needed kaiju dna to be able to get through to the wormhole and you it. didn't have kaiju dna yeah. coming back up through it yeah 
Like, that, that we know that. So you broke your own rule in the last moment of the movie. So annoying. And then exactly, why did he have to... And just the whole, like, him surviving, fine, whatever, if you really want. But, like, him surviving. And she's, like, on top of him in the thing. Trying to, like, oh my god, he's dead. And she's devastated. And she's heartbroken. And she's so sad. And it's like, you met, like, three days ago. You're not in love. But she thought she was. So therefore... But you don't fucking know each other. Like, just stop. (laughs) Why Um, did it have to be like that? Like, why did it have to be... Anyway, that that was my that was my only real kind of what the fuck about the whole thing. I was just a little bit like, okay, 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 okay. You lost me. You did lose me here because you broke the rules. That, that was like they broke their own rules. Yeah, that was like what happened in the core where they were like, you have to be so precise. If there's any mistake, da 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 da, and then suddenly they just were like, whatever. Yeah. Any delay, <laughs> any delay at all whatsoever. The firing could mess everything up, and then they just completely threw it off it completely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yep, yep, yep. Okay, well, that's all. That's all I've got. So uh, our, our final verdicts then. Um, first off, did the movie pass the Sam's test? I do believe it did not. No, it did not. It was actually an embarrassing example. It was Mako, like... Was, was Mako like yeah. the only female character? Or was it was one of the Germans? No, one a, of the Germans woman? was. Yeah. Oh, they were sure they were Russian or something. Could I say that in terms of like being just going all in on the tropes and we're laughing at it like, well, sure, good for you. But also doing the same, they do the same thing with the female. Let's have one woman and let's give her a romantic storyline and make her emotional. So like, yes, they, yes. They went through and through with the tropes, the bad ones, the good ones. It was yeah. like an AI generated script, if you ask me. Do you, know, do you know what, right? Do you know that that story, Mako, and I'm not saying take Mako out of it or anything like that. I think Mako was exceptional. Right? I think I think she's a great, like as in, you know, showing a powerful, uh, uh, fierce woman and stuff. You can still have her in the story. That's great. But that story very easily could have been, it didn't have to be a woman. Do you know? Like you could have just brought in, it could have been about it being another guy. It could have been about that brotherly relationship. It could have been about his, his rejection to having to connect with somebody else who wasn't his brother. Right. Um, it could have been the struggle of him staying and not falling into the drift of memories of his brother while connected to someone else. Like, it didn't have to be a romantic thing. You could still have the emotion. You could still have the concern about falling out of it. You could still have all of these things happening, but it could have just been with another guy. But the fact that they had to make it about this um, feminine thing and making it being an emotional thing for the woman is really frustrating. You could have just had a bunch really of other women in the movie. You could have had a bunch of other fe- uh, other Jaeger pilots. Like that, the the Aussie too could have been two women. It could have been a mother and daughter. Like there's, there's no reason the way, that it couldn't yeah. have been. Do you know? Yeah, it was really embarrassing to be perfectly honest. The fact that the fact that he was like, you're too emotional, stop being emotional. I won't let you. That it was so patriarchal. Yeah. And um, yeah, but also I think there was way too many things going on that they didn't really give enough time to. Like if, if you're going to have a movie which is this busy and so much cool things going on, you kind of like so many emotional story arcs that aren't really done well. Yeah. Just pick one. Like pick, yeah, I agree that there's a central relationship where we see them building up and getting to know, know each other and overcoming obstacles and becoming in sync and then succeeding. And that relationship, the real central relationship, which could be like, you know, in uh, 
Do you know what movie does it so well? Is the Tom Cruise Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, I was just thinking that exact yeah. thing in my brain to make that exact point to you. I was exact honest point, to God yeah. just about to say the movie that does that exceptionally is Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of oh Tomorrow. My God. So they have this incredible, me and you, baby. We have yeah. this incredibly complicated alien, robots, interdimensional beings, high dimensional beings, whatever they are, right? Yeah. And then you have the two people that the relationship is being churned out the entire film to sort yeah. their relationship out. And it they, they don't do too much. Whereas this one, it was way too overambitious and it didn't really do any of them really well at all. It was way yeah. too much. So I this, think the movie, basically you could only really look at this movie in enjoyment as like a turn off the brain enjoyment film. Yeah. That's the only way it really succeeds. And I'm not do saying you know- that I have a problem with that, but it's not like it can, we can do so much better. The, the exact genre. way that they the exact way that they could have fixed this is they could have done the exact same story right but it didn't need to be mako having this emotional what they needed was mako is the fiercest she is the best pilot she is the absolute top notch nobody yes. will normally nobody is the right connection to her except for him and then they're like well fuck this guy's out on the wall He's been damaged because of his brother's death. He's too emotional. Like yeah. he, what if, what if he gets stuck in his memories? What if like, you know, all those questions should have been on him. Not that he was just perfectly fine and able to do that immediately. We got no, we got no moment with him where it was like, he's focused on his brother and she's having to pull him out of it. That's exactly what it should have been. It never should have yeah. been her with the emotion. It should have been yeah. him and it should have she been her pulling him. him out of it and pulling him back totally. into the realm. That's exactly what the I love story when should you have fix, been. I love when you fix movies. We Yes, this comes, this makes all our problems come together. He got over the brother thing and that, that really didn't damage him as enough of we feel it should have damaged him and therefore there wasn't enough of a story arc around his trauma and yeah. his grief. She could have been there to just be strong and to help him make a connection with somebody else that's positive so that he's like, all is not lost. I can still, mm. you know, recover from this. Yeah. And instead they introduced a whole other thing which also wasn't quite resolved. So his thing wasn't resolved. Yeah. And then romant- and then a romance on top of that. It was like, whoa, guys. The, inside, please, like- the entire scene and the entire scene as well of her being stuck in her moment with the kaiju, that yeah. entire scene should have been his brother's death. Totally. And her being in the scene and having to pull him out, which meant that we didn't need to see the brother's death at the beginning we could have just seen the the cut shot away of like a moment of it and then him being found on the beach. And then we see that whole scene of what actually happened with his brother's death in that flashback memory moment. And then you have Pentecost, Pentecost, uh, Marshall Pentecost being like, um, oh, he's too emotional. He can't do it. He's not ready. And her fighting for him being like, he's the only one who can connect to. He's the only one who can actually, this is his Jaeger. He's the only one who can operate it. Like we need him. Yeah, look, yeah, this, there we then, go. There you go, Guillermo. There you go. I fixed your movie. Fixed it. Then you wouldn't have any sexism problems either. It would have upended any kind of tropes. Yeah. We would have solved every problem. Yeah, don't make her the weak one. Make him the weak, not weak. You know, I'm saying traumatized and yeah. with a weakness. And Love make it. the you make the Australian um, couple be a uh, duo, be a uh, mother and daughter. Yeah. 
and then you've got a few more women in there you've got a few more strong women you've got a few strong women who like and then she's angry as well because she's just like the you can still have all the anger in the guy you can still have all the you know because she's like you're going to put things at jeopardy I don't want you here that doesn't have to be two blokes you can have that fight with Love two it. you can have that fight with a guy and a girl yeah. oh beautiful anyway uh, does it pass here comes the science nah there isn't I mean, really nah. a question on it there yeah because like there, there just isn't I mean it's entirely futuristic slash fantastical there's not really any there's some yeah, they try to, there. they try I mean yeah there's, there's, there's things that you can kind of go okay well look this all like you know connects in some way to real science but brain there isn't graphic. yeah brain I mean, graphic. there's <clears throat> brain graphic uh, it's it's heightened Computer. everything every concept of it is entirely heightened beyond the scope of reality uh what's your final verdict 2.5 oh yeah i thought it was I a don't fun know. movie i i, I thought it was a fun movie but i would say 2.7 it was a fun movie yeah. but it wasn't like okay you know yeah an amazing movie and it also it was okay science but it wasn't like amazing science but it had like enough stuff in there yeah. that i would be like okay. 2.7 yeah. what about you my my brain is saying 3.2 don't no, know why that's that just the number that came to me x that's the way we do it <laughs> yeah this is how we don't we have do we don't it. have a system <laughs> no it's a system of my um, heart we okay. are on a break now a long break yeah because we're not coming back until january yep I do believe that we will have some, yeah, we'll do some un, uncut uh, posts. We'll go out. Uncut jams. Previous, previous episodes. Yeah. And um, we have discussed the potential of doing a Christmas special, but we have not talked about what that would be yet. So I cannot yeah. promise you anything. But I presume if we do it, it'll be out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. Cool. That's all. But when we come back in January and we kick off a new series... Um, Frida, you'll be kicking us off with our first episode of a new series in January. Yes. And uh, I do believe, from what you said earlier, you know what that movie will be. Do you want to I share? I know. I know what it is. <laughs> it's Donnie Darko. Hey, mm. I didn't know which one of us was going to end up picking that one. So yeah, this it feels was like, me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's Donnie Darko. It's been there for a while in the background, kind of going like, I wonder when we'll do Donnie Darko. Cellar door, the most beautiful word in the English language. Cellar door. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So okay. we'll be back in January with Donnie Darko. Do keep an eye out um, for some, yeah, so some uncut uh, episodes and Jams. potentially a Christmas special. And we will... Um, and when we come back in January, I will say what the uh, new miniseries will be then as well. Uh, but yeah, but that is it. Thanks for hanging out with us. That is the end of what series are we on, Frida? How many have we done now? Nine. This was an extended one. Nine? Yeah. Yeah, I think nine. Okay. So, alrighty. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, yeah, follow us on uh, TikTok, Science at the Movies. Follow us on Instagram science at the movies uh email us or message us if you have any recommendations or any movies you would like us to cover or if you have any questions about any of the science that we've talked about in the movies that we've done so far um yeah please do like subscribe follow and share and 
uh, review. All the things to help Yay. us. We've been going for over three years now. We are two full-time working scientists. 11 and, seasons. Um, that was our 11th 11 seasons. That was our 11th yeah. season. Okay. 11th season. So back for series 12 next year uh, in the new Ow. year. And yeah, hot damn. We've covered a lot of movies, you guys. So yeah, so help spread us, uh, spread the word. We are independent. We need, we need a big break. We and Abby yeah. gotta have a big, big rest and hey, a big, big if, break. If loads Yay. of people, if loads of people shared and like subscribed and reviewed us and we got lots more attention, then maybe someday we could get somebody to produce the podcast and then we would be able to rest so much. Oh, I know, we're a bit burnt out. <laughs> Hopefully we'll come back in January, way less burnt out and with loads yeah. of energy. That's all I can yeah. pray. We'll have a nice big break. Abby, have the best okay. break. Yes. Thank you. You have the best break too. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays to you too. And everybody. 